0: This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime at our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com.
1: He has risen. Yes, he has. Awesome. Fantastic. <clears throat> it's the greatest holiday out of the year as far as I'm concerned. It really, it really is. And what we want to talk about Today, just a little bit to talk about the resurrection and this changes everything it genuinely does I don't know if you understand what I mean by that but it genuinely changes everything and so I'd like us to start off here this morning in the book of Mark chapter 16 verse 1
0: Saturday evening when the <coughs> excuse me when the Sabbath ended Mary Magdalene and Salome and Mary the mother of James went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel said, Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead.
1: And this changes everything. When Jesus has risen from the dead, a brother of a picture um it was yesterday or it might have been the day before but of a, a very rugged you know uh, tomb that had a stone rolled back from it but he had some words on there talking about I said you know what this is awesome I really like it uh, have you ever had a, uh, what do they call those things when you have to hang around for a long time in in your house or in your hospital room what quarantine yeah kidding. you ever been quarantined <laughs> <laughs> I want to tell you something, Jesus in fulfilling the scriptures, he was quarantined for three days, that's it, never again, Jesus rose from the dead, I just think that's fantastic and that's awesome.
0: Look, this is where they laid his body, now go and tell his disciples, including Peter.
1: Go and tell kind of sounds a little bit like show and tell, you know. But he said, go and tell his disciples, including Peter, and we understand that Peter had denied that he ever knew Jesus, and he pretty much felt like dirt, you know. And and he says, go and tell, go tell the disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you before, he died, and you can trust whatever he tells you. And uh, it says, as he told you before he died, the women fled from the tomb, trembling, and they were bewildered. They were confused. They, they were puzzled. They, they were, you know, dazed. And they said nothing
0: to anyone because they were too frightened. After Jesus rose from the dead early on Sunday morning, The first person who saw him was Mary Magdalene, the woman from whom he had cast out seven demons.
1: Now, this woman is no longer grieving. And this woman here, you know, Mary Magdalene, she has a real deal if you want to buy some embalming spices and all. She come to the tomb to embalm somebody, but they had risen from the dead. And what's she going to do with those things, you know? And, and I'm kind of trying to be funny about that, but you know what? What did they do with him? Because Jesus changed their plans altogether. Is it okay if Jesus was to change some of your plans? Yes. That's a wonderful thing when he wants
0: to do that. She went to the disciples who were grieving and weeping and told them what had happened. But when she told them that Jesus was alive and she had seen him, they didn't believe her.
1: They didn't believe her. They, they were a disciple who had heard some of the stuff already talked about ahead of time. Uh, do you believe? Yes. Let's go ahead.
0: Afterward, he appeared in a different form to two of his followers who were walking from Jerusalem into the country. They rushed back to tell the others, but no one believed them.
1: Two incidences. Th- these uh, disciples Just are not believing that Jesus did what he had promised that he was going to do.
0: Still later, he appeared to the eleven disciples as they were eating together. He rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief. He
1: rebuked
0: them for their stubborn unbelief. Because they refused to believe those who had seen him after he had been raised from the dead.
1: Refused. To believe, we we see this over and over again, where they just refuse to believe those who had seen him after he had been raised from the dead. And then he
0: told them, "Go into all the world and preach the good news." Now
1: he said, "Go into all the world." What what percentage is all? Hundred percent. He said, "Go into a hundred percent of the world and preach the good news." But he is risen to everyone. And again, that's 100%. Preaches to everyone and anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. If you believe and you're baptized, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. See, there's, there's no heaven without believing in the Jesus, that Jesus rose from the dead. I don't know if you understood that or not. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. There's no forgiveness. There's no salvation. And you know what? The scriptures tells us that all things, that means 100% of things, are possible to those who believe. Do you believe that miracles are possible in your life? Yes. Well, then they will be. If you genuinely believe in He tells us his word, you know, it it strengthens our faith. It it strengthens our believer, you know. Faith comes by hearing God's word.
0: These miraculous signs will accompany those
1: who believe. Now, hang on a second. Are you a believer? Yes. Yes. So this is talking about you. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe.
0: They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they
1: will be healed. That, that's what he says. These are the kinds of things that will follow those who believe. I mean, genuinely, genuinely believe. When the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was
0: taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples went
1: everywhere. 100% of the places to go,
0: they went there.
1: And preached,
0: and the Lord worked through them.
1: And the Lord wants to work through you. He wants to work through you. I, I, I wonder if you would allow him to work through you. Yes. It's two people. I've heard an answer that <laughs> way. But you think about that. The disciples went everywhere and preached and the Lord worked through them. The Lord worked through them. And he wants to work through every believer. That's what he wants to do.
0: Confirming what they said by many miraculous signs.
1: And he wants to confirm what he has said through many miraculous signs in your lives.
0: 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 1 says, Friends, let me go over the message with you one final time. This message that I proclaim that you made and that you made your own. This message on which you took your stand and by which your life has been saved.
1: This message that we're talking about here, this message changes everything in your life. You know, a simple message about the resurrection of Christ, a simple message from the almighty God will change everything in your life. You know, I'm assuming now that your belief was the real thing and not just a passing fancy that you're in this for good and you're holding fast. Now, how many of you who are here today Believe in the resurrection for real. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So, how many of you believe in the resurrection and you have trusted Jesus as your Savior? Okay. Now, how many of you who are here today and believe in the resurrection and have trusted Jesus as your Savior for more than a month? How many have trusted Jesus? As more than a savior. As your savior. For more than a year. How many have trusted. In Jesus as your savior. For more than two years. How many have trusted Jesus. As your savior. For more than five years. How many of you. Have trusted Jesus as your savior. For more than eight years. What about those who have trusted Jesus as their savior for more than 10 years. Awesome. How many have trusted Jesus as your savior for more than 13 years? How about putting your trust in him for more than 15 years? Have you trusted Jesus as your savior for more than 18 years? How many have put your trust in Jesus for more than 20 years? How many have put your trust in Jesus for more than 30 years? How many have put your trust in Jesus for more than 40 years? The numbers are going down. (laughs) How many put your trust in Jesus for more than. More than 50 years. How many have put your trust, you know you're telling how old you are, you know that, right? How many have put your trust in Jesus for more than, did I say this one already? Yeah, you said 50. 60 years. 60 years. 60. How many have put your trust in Jesus for more than 60 years? Your mom's
0: not
1: here, so. Okay, I'm going to ask one more. How many have put your trust in Jesus for more than 70 years? We had people putting their hands up until I stopped counting.
0: Yeah, the first we, we,
1: we, we really did. You know, <clears throat> it's the best thing you could ever do because Jesus has got staying power and he will help you every step of the, the way. He loves you and he cares about you, he genuinely does. <clears throat> Let's continue on right here. In First
0: Corinthians fifteen verse three, it says, "The first thing I did was place before you what was the before you what was placed so emphatically before me that the Messiah,
1: That's Jesus Christ,
0: died for our sins exactly as Scripture tells it, and that He
1: was buried." Now, <clears throat> have you ever? Uh... Have you ever experienced in your life a mulligan? Two, two, two and a half people? Yeah. Think think about this, and and that's in the golfing realm where mulligans are found, you know, and it's basically talking about a poor shot that's not counted against the plate. You know, a mulligan allows you to take another shot. And and, and you you have another chance. I mean, that's not a pretty good deal to me. You know, we don't count that one. You can do it again. You know, think about that for just a moment.
0: That he was buried and that he was raised from death on the third day. Again, exactly as scripture says.
1: You know, and God promises are 100% absolutely true. You can count on them.
0: Verse five, and that he... Was seen, seen. I'm sorry. That he was seen of Cephas,
1: and Cephas was who? Peter. Peter. That was, and he was seen alive by Peter. Then of the twelve. Then he was seen alive by the twelve. That that was his closest friends. After that, he was seen alive above five hundred, you know, of the brethren, but believers, and and followers. At one time, Jesus had been seen alive. After he rose from the dead, he was seen by 500 people at one time. Of whom the greater part remain
0: unto this present, but some are fallen asleep.
1: Until this was written, you know, 500 people saw Jesus risen from the dead, but by that time a few had fallen asleep. After
0: that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. Uh,
1: Those who had commissioned, you know, to to represent him, those who had been commissioned, they had saw Jesus uh, risen. They saw him, that he was alive. And, and, you know, you you think about it. There's this guy named Thomas. Y'all remember Thomas? Now, who was he? You're right. He was a doubter. He was. And oftentimes when people ask me what my name is and I go, my last name's Thomas, but I'm the believing one, you know, and I'm just kind of clowning around there. But that's the truth. You know, he didn't genuinely, Thomas did, you know, choose to doubt and, and he was not believing. And he said, I'm not going to believe until I I can uh, see and and touch his wounds and put my hand, you know, into his side where that spear was placed and all. But it says here, after that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, all of them, including Thomas. He had seen him, and you read it in the Bible, and and Thomas was welcome to go put his hand in Jesus' side. He had been seen by all these.
0: And last of all, he was seen of me also.
1: And this is Paul talking here.
0: And last of all, he was seen of me also.
1: And you know, who is here right now? Think, think about this. Who is fearless to testify. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you. Who are, are fearless to testify that you know Jesus personally today. Awesome. Because it changes, it changes our life.
0: Paul said, it was fitting that I bring up the rear. I don't deserve to be included in that inner circle. As you well know, having spent all those early years trying my best to stamp God's church right out of existence. But because God was so gracious, so very generous, here I am. And I'm not about to let his grace go to waste.
1: Now, do you remember in the Bible when it tells us when when Jesus died on the cross, do you remember where it was talking about the veil? The veil in the temple was torn. And, you know, it was torn from the top. To the bottom, and I began to do a little bit more research and discover exactly how tall the thing was. It was sixty foot tall. Sixty foot tall, it, it, and it had been torn from top to bottom. Bottom, and it was thirty foot wide. It was four inches thick. The fabric was four inches, you know, thick. That's it, what it tells us. And it took three hundred priests to hang the thing. But when you think about this, when 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 Jesus died, you know, when the, the veil was torn, before that, just like the high priest, there was only a very special few could ever even go into that place on an occasion. But now everybody was allowed to go into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of the Almighty God anytime they wanted to. This thing was ripped out. God was replacing it, and He was welcoming people in His presence anytime they wanted to come. You know, no more was there, you know, uh, a high priest was needed to just make a sacrifice of a lamb to cover your sin. The, 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 the lambs were no longer needed. Because the scriptures, as you read through there, behold the Lamb of God who comes and he does what?
0: Takes away.
1: Takes away the, the sins. sins. He takes away our sins and we're allowed into his presence anytime time we, we want to. And you know, the, the high priest, in an occasion when the high priest and he was standing before Jesus and the, the high priest was really agitated. He was downright mad and upset about the things that, that Jesus had done and and who he was representing and and what he was saying there and the the high priest uh, he was just angry and frustrated and if you got to understand you know know what the high priest wore? they wore holy clothes They, they, they really were and you are never allowed to tear them especially not out of anger and here's a high priest as he's looking into the face of Jesus Christ who is our high priest. And this high priest rips his clothes apart. Think about this for a moment. And you can look it up in Leviticus chapter 21 and, and some other places you can find that. But he, as, as this natural high priest is looking at Jesus and is all bent out of shape and angry and he rips his clothes and that, he, he, he just gave up his high priesthood, you know? He, 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 he couldn't keep any longer. He was disqualified from the priesthood as he was looking into the face of our high priest, who is Jesus Christ. It's awesome when you think about it, the things that were going on here and the rules and the regulations and, and the laws. Um, let me ask you a, a question here. Did everybody get some communion elements when you first came in? If you did not, we, we have plenty more, and we'll be happy to pass them out. Does anybody didn't get some of the communion? You know, it's just a little piece of bread here, and then, uh, you know, some uh, grape juice down there. Anybody need one that didn't get one? Okay, because I, I want us to act this out. I want us to see this, what the Scripture tells us. In the fir- book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it says, and this is in the Message Bible, it says, let me go over again with, with you again exactly what goes on in the Lord's Supper and why it is centrally important. I received my instructions from the, the master himself. He said, I, I received my instructions from Jesus himself and I passed them on to you. The master Jesus on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. Now, if you'll go under that very first layer, there's a, a piece of bread there. So I, I would ask you, take it out with me if you would. And it says, on the night of his betrayal, he took bread and having given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. So I'd like us just to break it. We break this off a piece of bread and Jesus says, it's not really physically the body of Jesus, but this is an object lesson. He says this represents my body that is broken for you. That's what he's talking about there. You know, it's, he says, Jesus on the Uh, Let me find out where I'm at here. He broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. And then he says, do this to remember me. And I don't know if you knew this or not. Some people think that only a clergy or a priest or somebody can serve communion. That's not true. You, You can have communion in your own home, Anytime you want to, you can remember Jesus and you can sit down there and have a piece of bread, you know, and take the cup and and pray over it and thank God for it. But he said here, do this to remember me. So why don't we do that right now, Lord? We ask you to bless this piece of bread and, and we are remembering you. And we ask that you'd strengthen our faith right now in you as we partake of this together in Jesus name. He says, having gifts and thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Do this to remember me. And, and I like to remember him often. After supper, he did the same thing with the cup. He said, this cup is my blood, my new covenant with you. And, and it really does, it changes Everything. So let's just open that cup. And he says, After a supper, he did the same thing with the cup. This cup is my body, my new covenant. My blood. What did I say? Body. This cup is my blood. Thank you, dear. I knew I had you up here for some reason. This cup is my blood, my new covenant with you. And, and, and it really does change everything. It really does. You know, it doesn't change the mind of God, but it does change our hearts and, and our mind. And he goes on to say each time you drink this cup, what's he say? Remember me. Remember me. So bless this cup, Papa God it represents the blood of our savior jesus christ and we choose to remember jesus and what he did as we partake of this stir our faith in jesus name each time you drink this cup remember me what you, what you must go ahead.
0: What you must solemnly realize is that every time you eat this bread and every time you drink this cup, you reenact in your words and actions.
1: You, you, you reenact in your words and actions
0: the death of the master. You will be drawn back to this meal again and again until the master returns.
1: You're going to be drawn back to do this over and over and over. Until Jesus comes back. How about that? He is coming back. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. He genuinely is, you know. Remember this resurrection. And. Uh, <clears throat> Some flowers I'd like to give out to you guys. You all like flowers? There's a bunch more of them. Last night, the first service we had last time, Saturday night, everybody took all the flowers. And we stayed out till 11 o'clock trying to find more flowers. And we cleared all the flowers out of Connecticut, you know, wherever they're (laughs) at. But we want you to have a package of flowers, okay? You know what kind they are? Forget-me-nots. And we would like you to take a package of flowers and that somewhere you can put them in some little things in your home to get them started. You can put them in a thing outside or you can just plant them in the ground somewhere. But somewhere where they will grow, where you will think that thought, forget me not. Because that's what Jesus is basically saying through communion. Forget me not. (laughs) You know, do this and remember me. Don't forget me. You know, don't get so involved in life that you forget me. So I'd like you to take some flowers home, with you, and plant them somewhere, you know. And while Jesus was on the cross, if you had been watching him before the crucifixion, he was beaten. And I had been asking you guys to watch a movie. You remember what it was? Okay. The Passion. So hopefully some of you have watched it. And it tells us in Isaiah 53, verse 8, it says... By his stripes, because Jesus was beaten terribly, and this was prophesied what was going to happen, but by his stripes we are healed. And then in 1 Peter chapter 2 21, it says, By his stripes you were healed. Isaiah says, You are prophesied many, many, many years before this happened, and then 1 Peter says, You were healed. And, and and, and he's telling us because of the lashes that he took on his body. And if any man is in Christ, he becomes a new creature. Old new creature. things have passed away. All things have become new. And, um, you know, probably one of the best ways to illustrate this is if you remember when the, the Israelites were down there and they were in Egypt and they were bound there for, for some time. And then they were told to, to, uh, to sacrifice a lamb. And then you were supposed to take that lamb's blood and you were supposed to dip it all over the door and, and, and dip it here. And he said that if every man, every family who, when they killed the, the, the lamb and then they, they splashed the blood over the doorpost and all, he said that night, when the death angel would fly over their home, he would pass over. That's where Passover is from. He would f- pass over. He would not visit one of the people in your household and kill him. That's what he was telling us about. And I'm going to tell you that Jesus is our Passover lamb. You know, the judgment is not released upon our lives because of Jesus' blood had been shed, and, and Jesus rose from the dead. That's fantastic. That's awesome. That is wonderful. You know, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is the defining moment, you know, of history, and, and that pivotal moment in our own lives where where change begins and is clearly, obviously, seen, you know? Uh, let me ask you a question. Do you, right now, do you need some change? Yes. yes. The, only the people who are honest would say yes. You know. Oh, oh, what'd you say? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> we need some change in our life genuinely, you know? H- have you ever heard of the statement that people make sometimes? They go, well, I've fallen and I can't get up. Y'all heard that? Yeah. You know, now... Without Christ, that's a true statement. I've fallen, and I can't get up. But we are not without Christ, are we? Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says, For all have sinned, all have fallen. He says, all fall short of God's glorious standard. And the prodigal son, he fell away from his father, and he fell into the filth of the pig pen and all, you know. But it says here, for all of us, Well, we've all fallen short of God's glorious standard. We, we've fallen into sin is what he's talking about. Anyhow, a man fell into a pit, and he couldn't get himself out. A subjective person came along and said, I feel for you down there. An objective person came along and said, it's logical that someone would fall down there. A Christian scientist came along and said, you only think that you're down in a pit. (laughs) A Pharisee says, only bad people fall into a pit. A mathematician calculated how he fell into the pit. A news reporter wanted the exclusive story on his pit. A fundamentalist said, you deserve your pit. Confucius said, if you you would have listened to me, you would not have fallen into that pit. Buddha said, your pit is only a state of mind. A realist said, now that's a pit. A scientist calculated the pressure necessary in pounds and square inches to get him out of that pit a geologist told him to f- appreciate the rock strata in the pit an evolutionist said you are a reject mutant destined to be removed from the evolutionary cycle in other words you're not going you, you are going to die in the pit so you cannot reproduce anymore fallen offspring. The county inspector asked if you had a pit, a permit to dig the pit. The professor gave him a lecture on the elementary principles of the pit. An evasive person came along and avoided the subject of the pit altogether. A self-pitying person said, you haven't seen anything until you've seen my pit. A charismatic said, just confess that you are not in a pit. An optimist said, things could be worse. A pessimist said, things will get worse. And the resurrected Jesus, seeing the man, he took him by the hand and he lifted him out of the pit. Now that's what Jesus specializes in doing of lifting us. You know, people tend to put other people down, don't they? They, they cut each other down. But Jesus will never put you down. He was going to lift you up out of the pit because he changes your, your lives. He, he really wants to change our life for the absolute best possible way that can happen to you. In Romans chapter 5, verse 6, it says, when we were utterly helpless. Christ came at just the right time and he died for us sinners. At just the right time, Jesus died for me. Psalms 40 verse 2, it says, he lifted me out of the pit of despair. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and out of the mire. Do y'all like mud mire? I'm sorry I can't hear you. <laughs> you know what? I've I've been found in the mud and the mire quite a few times in my life. I think he even showed a, a video of these things one time, didn't we? Yes, in There's the sand. Big old truck got stuck down at the uh, the beach mm-hmm. in the sand and I use my, these are things are called max tracks, and, and, and you can put them, I just got them tied together right now so I wouldn't lose them. Uh, it's very, very tough, you know? And, and, and there could be a great big deep hole under there and you can drive across these in your car, but if you got mud and you got sand and you got snow and, and uh, you pull your car up to those things, and then you push them under the tire, you can drive right out of the mud, out of the snow. I've done it dozens of times, and I've helped other people get unstuck. These these are pretty amazing things, but I'm going to tell you what, they ain't near as good as Jesus is. They're pretty good, but they're not that good. And sometimes, if you don't have those, you know, max tracks there, maybe you got to, a rope or something or another, and uh, you know what, you know if a rope, you probably don't know this, maybe some of you do, but you can hook this on the back of your truck and then you can hook the other one on the front of somebody who has truck and you can back up and you can get a run start. And this is basically like a rubber band it will stretch out, you know, and it'll snatch them right out of there. It's pretty good in getting people unstuck, but it's not near as good as Jesus is. Because we get so stuck, ain't nothing can get you out except Jesus. That's just the truth of it. Now let me see here, where was I at there? Okay, I'm going to start back up here. Verse 2 says, He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground, and He steadied me as I walked along uh, to make sure that I wouldn't slip. You know, He steadied me. Verse 3 says, He has given me a new song to sing, a God song, a hymn of praise to our God, Many will see what He has done for, for you and me, and they'll be amazed and, and they'll put their trust in the Lord. Oh, the joys of those who trust in the Lord. You know, Jesus' resurrection power, it just changes everything in our life. And in Romans chapter 4, verse 17, uh, did, did anybody get a chance to watch the movie we told you off about? It was going to be, what was the title of it? His only son. His only son? That was last week. You had to go to a theater. And there was I think
0: it's w- still playing, man. Yep.
1: Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, we went to go see it because my wife wanted to go see it. But I cried like a baby through the whole thing. It was awesome. It was very good. It was powerful. It was transforming. And this passage here is talking about Abraham. And, and Abraham uh had been promised by God that he was going to have a son, and he was going to have tons and tons of kids, tons and tons, as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the sands of the sea, and they wouldn't have any of them. He was like 100 years old, wouldn't have any kids or anything, you know? Anyhow, well, you can read it in the Bible. I was just inspired by watching the movie, and it was a very detailed movie, and you know who put the movie together? A guy, a Marine, who used his GI Bill to go and learn how to make movies, went and made this movie. And he was making awesome movies. It really was. Fantastic movies. But we see that, that Abraham, he, he really couldn't fulfill the promises that God had made him.
0: He dared to trust God. To, Abraham did. He dared to trust God to do what only God could do, raise the dead to life. With a word, make something out of nothing. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway.
1: He believed God anyway.
0: Deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do.
1: So as he's taking his son the very next day, when God told him, God fulfilled the the promise and gave him an Isaac. And when Isaac was a a good-sized teenager, God told him, he said, he said, I want you to go sacrifice Isaac. The very next day. And He didn't understand it. He cried a lot. Prayed a lot. But he took his son. Took some people with him. To bring a few supplies. And then he told them to stay here. Me and my son are going to go there and worship. And we'll be back. And when they were going up here. For Abraham to sacrifice his son. See, this is the testimony of the resurrection. That's what it is. The, the, the resurrection that we're going to jump into many, many years later, as they're going up, up the hill there, <clears throat> the son Isaac, he says, Dad, we, we got a knife, and we got the fire, and we got the wood, but we just don't have a, we don't have a, a sacrifice, a nothing to sacrifice. And father and says, the Lord is supply. So they went up there. They built the altar. He put the wood on it, got it all set. And then Abraham told his son what God had asked of him to sacrifice his son. And his son was like, well, why? Can you talk to him about this or whatever? And <laughs> he said, I already have. I, I've been talking to him. I've been weeping over this thing for a long time. You know, since he told him a day and a half ago, and the son just put his hands out there, you know, oh, you, you got to do what you got to do, Dad. And Abraham took his knife and he raised it up after he put his son on the altar there, and he's ready to sacrifice him. And God says, Hold it, stop. And about that time, a ram. Nah, that was caught in the thicket over there and God says I, I, I know where your heart's at now nothing's more important to you than, than I am and you let Isaac live but Abraham had already made the statement he'd been thinking about it over and over and over that he knew the reason he went he knew that if he did sacrifice his son that God could raise him back from the dead He knew that. That's about the resurrection. That's about the resurrection of Jesus. And so we had this foretold many, many, many years before it ever happened. And and there are no hopeless situations in our life right now. There are only people who have grown hopeless about them. The resurrection of Jesus, and once you understand it, it changes everything in our, our life it really does now think about fire for a moment a fire on a cold winter night okay so you're outside and you got a a fire going on out there it changes everything don't it a fire really does I mean you know fire brings warmth fire it brings light and it brings life uh, fire scares the wild animals away Fire sterilizes the water. If you're up on a dirty creek somewhere or something or another, fire cooks your food. Fire makes a steam engine and an airplane and a car and a furnace. It makes it work. It changes things. It it genuinely does. And so you you think about it, it gives light. Think about it. it, it gives off light and light changes things. Would you rather live in a darkness without any more light? No. I, I kind of like light, you know. It, it, it scares the, the, the darkness off. It, it, it really does.
0: John 8, 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light
1: of the world. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And, and, and light changes things. It genuinely does. Jesus to the people... You know, he says, "I am the light of the world, and if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life." You know, darkness will try to extinguish our light, but it will fail. When you're talking about Jesus, you know, and the light is going to get brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. And brighter. Romans
0: chapter 8, verse 10. The Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you.
1: The Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, that raised Jesus from the dead, that Spirit lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. This changes everything. It genuinely does. Holy Spirit changes everything, and Holy Spirit is the one who raised Jesus from the dead. And, and, and listen to what it says in this verse here. I think I might have shared it last week just a wee bit. But it's found in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. It says, if, this is a conditional ish, issue, He says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. If you do that, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, it's really coming from the depths of your heart. You really believe it. He says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you, you believe in your heart what we're celebrating today that, that Jesus was raised from the dead. You believe, it. confess that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. He says, you will be saved. You, you mean it's that simple to get saved? Yes. It's that simple. To believe that Jesus is Lord and to say it and then to believe with your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead because Jesus rising from the dead Was evidence that the price that was paid to wash your sins away was accepted. That's what we're 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 talking about here. In Philippians chapter three, verse ten, it says, "I want to know Christ." And I think this brings salvation. Every man, woman, boy, and girl who is in your life—that's as simple as it is to be forgiven, to have your name written in the book of life. It it, is to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. That's all it takes to receive salvation in your life. That sounds a little bit too simple, don't it? But it is that simple, 100% that simple. It says here in Philippians 3.10, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ and to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. We can know Christ and we can experience the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, and it it will change us. It genuinely does. This power that brings about change in our lives and and forgiveness it changes us. What was it that Jesus said when he's taking on the cross toward the end? There, when he said, "Father, forgive them." For, forgive them, people. They don't know what they're doing. For forgiveness, it it changes everything and faith. And that's, that's what we're talking about when he says, believe, you know, faith, you and, and faith, it, it comes by hearing God's word and reading his word and fellowshipping with God. And, and he's telling us that, that faith that really changes everything and all things are possible to those who believe, believe all things, nothing is impossible. So what John 3, 16 said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You know, it's just so simple to get right with God. You just got to confess him and you got to believe in the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. So I'd like you to take some flowers. You know, I'd like you to take some bracelets and really wear the thing. Be courageous. Be bold, you know. And, and share with your family and, and your loved ones of, about being right with God and how simple it is. Why wouldn't you want to be right with God? You know, because Jesus went to the cross for you and for me, for all of us. And, and he was raised from the dead for all of us. It's so simple to receive him into your life, into my life. Well, here, Let's, uh, let's just pray for everybody right now. And I would like us to reaffirm our faith in Christ and those who are with us today or those who are watching online, if you would pray and declare with your mouth, Jesus Christ, and you'll believe in your heart uh, about the, the resurrection from the dead, Jesus said, you're saved, you're forgiven. So I'd like to declare for the first time or to reaffirm our faith right now as we pray together. Would you join me? Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I do believe that you love me.
0: I do believe that you love me.
1: And I believe that you sent your son Jesus.
0: And I believe that you sent your son Jesus.
1: With the purpose. With the purpose. To give his life. To give his life. To wash all my sins away.
0: To wash all my sins away.
1: I do believe. I do believe that Jesus rose from the dead.
0: That Jesus rose from the dead.
1: And that He's knocking at the door of my heart.
0: And He's knocking at the door of my heart.
1: Because He wants to come into my life.
0: Because He wants to come into my life.
1: And so I open that door.
0: So I open that door. And I welcome Jesus. And I welcome Jesus. Into every area of my life. Into every area of my life. As my Savior. As my Savior. I'm sorry for all my sinful ways. I'm sorry for all my sinful and ways. And I
1: choose to follow you. <laughs>
0: and I choose to Thank follow you. Thank you
1: for the resurrection.
0: Thank you for the resurrection. Open my eyes and my ears. Open my eyes and my and
1: ears. And may I become more and more like you.
0: And may I become more and more like you.
1: In Jesus' name.
0: In Jesus' name.
1: Amen. 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 And Amen.